Hey, good afternoon, everyone. So happy to have you with us for the chat. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. My guest, my very special guest again this week is my longtime friend, pastor of the Washington Avenue Baptist Church here in Cookville, Tennessee, Pastor Mark Gall. Pastor Mark, thank you, sir, for joining us again this week. Oh, it's been tremendous. I love it. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I want to tell you this, and I, and I want to get back to uh, your, your service and tenure at Washington Avenue, but... I remember through the years, I'm sitting there and thought about this in a while, but uh, had the opportunity to serve on the city council for a number of years here in town and, and mayor for a period of time. And periodically, more than once, uh, <clears throat> from your church, mm-hmm. from church members, handwritten mm-hmm. with their signatures at the bottom, I'd, I'd go to the post office box and I'd see this this letter or this, this from envelope from Washington Avenue Baptist mm-hmm. Church, and I would open it up and there would be 15 or 20 little mm-hmm. cards in there praying for you, God bless you for your service, thinking about you, sign so-and-so. And I can, and, and every time I would go and I would get those from members of your church, you, it always came at just the right time. Amen. I mean, we were dealing with some issue that we were struggling with, didn't really know what to do. Right. And how did you come about that ministry? I mean, how, do you remember, was that in place when you when you came? That, no, that was so, we and, went to a conference uh, with uh, Johnny Hunt. And um, Johnny Hunt Ministry there in, in in close to Atlanta there, Woodstock Baptist Church. Yeah. And they had about prayer, and they talked about these prayer cards. Yeah. And so I thought that was tremendous, that you could write cards to, you know, tangibly, people, you could say, you know, we verbally we can tell people we're praying for them, but tangibly say, okay, we are praying for you. Write their name, we write a note on that, and then we write our name yeah. below it. And I don't know how many people that we've had said, we have kept those cards. We look at them from time to time. They're a great encouragement to us. God has used that. We've used that. I bet we've done that 20 years now. Yeah. And we and we do it to, in fact, we just recently, the council. Because I the Bible tells us to pray for those in leadership yeah. in our government. And I think we should pray for our government, especially the days that we live in. Oh, yeah. And so to tangibly, you know, give to a council member, hey, we're praying for you. And we love you, and we were behind you, and you know that's a great thing. I tell you, it really, it it really is. And I, I'm, people that I've served with on the council throughout the years would mention that to me too. Hey, I got this from the folks who watched Navy Baptist Church, and you just, you know that mm-hmm. that that word of encouragement, that edification, yeah. because sometimes yeah. you know they, I, I've often heard it said throughout my years of public service that usually when you have a big crowd at the city council meetings. They're not there to tell you how good of a job you're doing. That's right. <laughs> right. That's right. It, and if you are, and you don't hear, you know, yeah. and, and if somebody's, if, if folks are generally happy, you usually don't hear much. Yeah. But if they're disturbed, you hear a lot. But yeah. to get those cards in the mail, uh, you don't know what that meant. Well, that's great. You know, and also, you know, we need to encourage our leaders because we want them promote good and 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 Lord and and promote good. Excuse me, and uh, to try to uh, tamp down evil as much as we can. And so we ought to pray for our leaders to do that, to make policies that promote good and restrain evil. The Bible yes. says when the righteous are in power, the, the people mm-hmm. rejoice or in authority, people the people rejoice. rejoice. It right. matters, doesn't it? It matters a lot. The yeah. church ought to be praying for governmental leaders and praying for godly leaders to run for office and so forth. I, I think that we need to be a part of that. Absolutely. You know, early in my life, uh, Mark, I had, uh, and I've heard, I've probably said this before, and I've, I've certainly heard it said, and and, uh, you know, and, and I'm sure you have, too. Well, you know, Dwight, there are just two things you don't talk about, mm-hmm. politics and religion. Right. And when I, I heard, I guess I was in my early 20s, and, and when I heard that, somebody said that. And in my heart, I heard at that moment, 
Dwight, those are the two things I want you to spend your life talking yeah. about. <laughs> and sure, sure enough, yeah. over the last 40 years, it's, it, it's kind of gone that way. But it matters who serves. It matters who pushes those buttons. And it matters that the church pray for them and support them and, and recruit them. Absolutely. You know, because who established the government? God established it. Absolutely. And the Bible says we're to be salt and light. So we're to pray for, you know, it's all through the Bible. We're to pray for our government officials. God establishes government. God puts people in place in government. And so we're to pray for them and pray for they'll make righteous laws and, and laws that restrain evil. We, we are to be salt and light to our government. Absolutely. Yeah. God gave us the, the institution of the church. He gave us the institution of family. And he gave us the institution of government. It was God's idea. We're to be involved in all of God's Absolutely. idea. Yeah. I really enjoyed last week when we were talking about uh, your uh, Washington Avenue Baptist Church being your church home for your, your whole life. Yes. Uh, grew up there. Your parents took you there when you were a little boy. You mm-hmm. you came to Christ there as a 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. Uh, began not too many years after that to write sermon outlines. Yes. You preached a youth revival there. Uh, you're famous, as you referred to, your famous 10-minute sermon. Yeah. <laughs> Do you happen to remember your text or anything about the sermon? You got you used know, it, obviously. I, I, I can't remember the text. You know, I did. I did How s- were you then? Teenager? You know, I was probably a teenager. I was probably maybe 15, 16. Uh, I do remember preaching at a nursing home. Not preaching. Well, I guess it was preaching. And I preached about the same length. And it was about when uh, Jesus healed the demonic and the, the, the he allowed them to go into the pigs there that were there in that area, and they drowned. And I remember that sermon yeah. or that teaching, but I don't remember that sermon, that 10-minute sermon. Uh, <laughs> I was so scared. I don't remember what I preached. But the point was you stepped out and you did it, I and did God it. used it, he and used people it. came to the Lord yeah. as a result of yes. it. Yes, and that was, and I look back on that as a spiritual marker in my life, that that's where God was showing me, hey, I've called you to preach, yeah. and that's just one of the stepping stones. And you just, and the key here is we just got to be obedient. Yes, we're scared. Absolutely. I'm, I'm not denying that at all. But we, if we'll be obedient, God will do the rest. Yeah. And and you went on from there, Mark, to uh, to ultimately uh, lead the music, uh, the, yes. the music at the church. And you did that for how long? You know, I led the music for about 11 years. I did youth ministry about three and a half years or so, youth and music. But I, I did the music about 11 years, and I really enjoyed that. Uh, really was a great time. Uh, I did associate pastor work. I would visit uh, in the hospitals a lot. I visited shut-ins, which I love to do. I'm not able to do that like I was at one time, but uh, visit shut-ins and do visitation and try to assist the pastor in any way I could. Yeah. And all the time you were doing I want to I want to park there for just a second. We have a minute left in this segment. Talk about how important is music in, in the overall worship experience? Well, I look at music as preparing the hearts for the word about to be preached. And so I try to, I would sometimes try to hear the music be thematic with the sermon that he was preaching. But yeah, it speaks to the heart like nothing else does. Yeah, And it should be biblically based, Christ honoring. And uh, and the best music I think in the church is when God's people are singing together. Oh yeah. That is the best. Yeah. And so I would really try to promote congregation sing. Let's lift our voices to Jesus. And you did that for 11 years? Yes, and I loved it. Wow. I I want to come back, too, to talk more about, you mentioned last week about uh, Pastor Bob Ward, and he said, I need a Timothy. He was was the Paul. He needed a Timothy. And you said, I am your guy, and sure enough, God moved you in that direction. Amen. Pastor Margot is our guest on the chat this afternoon. We're very happy that you are with us. 
We return in just a moment. We're continuing the chat. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. My guest today, my longtime friend and Christian brother, Pastor Mark Gall, Washington Avenue Baptist Church. Um, you know, we were talking about um, we were talking about your role as as, as minister of music there at the church and 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 your time there. And but from the time when you when Pastor Bob Ward, who was there, a, a great. Great yes. pastor, great yes. missionary. Yes. Ended up what in Romania, I think, was yeah, his primary pastor. Yeah, he did mission work in Romania. Yeah, yeah and just a, just he's with the Lord now. Yeah, he's with the Lord and uh, and part of our future and, mm-hmm. and 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 all that. And then then uh, but and then when he said to you, when he said, "I'm looking for a Timothy." Of course, you know uh, Timothy was Paul's son in the ministry, mm-hmm. and he wrote he wrote First and Second Timothy to yes. Timothy the pastor, yeah. and uh, and and you out of your mouth, you made that declaration. I'm your Timothy. Yes. Did you realize what that what I, that really meant I, at the time? Well, I, I think that was the Holy Spirit. I mean, I just knew it. I knew at that point that God was using him in a way to prepare me for a uh, ministry. And I think at that point, I kind of knew that I was maybe leaning toward pastoring. Uh, as I was doing, I was enjoying the music, but the quiet times were more intense of <laughs> preparing sermons. You yeah. know, I mean, doing outlines. I was more intense in reading uh, material about, uh, you know, the books of the Bible and about preaching. And, 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 and I tell you, one of my, one of my heroes was uh, Adrian Rogers. Yeah. I loved to hear him. And uh, I learned so much from him as well. So I think the desires of my heart started drifting away from the music into more of the word preaching. So your heart began to shift. It started the shift. Wow, yes, your heart and your heart started to shift. Mm-hmm. Now I think I think, and I've had those seasons in my life mm-hmm. where you know you're doing something. It's fulfilling. It's making a difference. Yes. But then your thoughts start going in different direction. Yes. Your heart start going in different direction. But then there's that comfort zone. Well, I'm yes. here. I know this. I'm comfortable. I'm, I've done yes. this. And there's this apprehension or maybe a little bit of doubt. In, do I, really, I think there's probably people listening that are at that season in their life. Talk to them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, God, God can take you from one step to the other. And uh, I think that he does have a, a seasons in life where he uses us for a particular ministry. And then he says, okay, uh, I'm kind of finished with you here. And already this season of ministry is preparing you for something else that I have. You. Unconscious preparation. Absolutely. I, you know, we talking about Dr. Bob Ward. Now, he pastored for, let's see, I think 12 years at Washington Avenue. But God was used, was his heart was going more to missions away from pastoring. You know, God was putting him in another phase, you know, as well as he was doing me. So God knew that he was going to call him into mission work. But at the same time, God was calling me to be the pastor. Yeah, uh, you know, he God works all this out. It's just tremendous how He does these things. And he and see, that's what you said last week. We were talking about how God can see the big picture. He sees the whole parade. He sees the whole parade. And just like when, yeah. when Abraham and Isaac are going up the mountain, yeah. uh, and and they, to do a sacrifice, and and Abraham had said, "Sacrifice your son." You had a ram coming he up the other, the other side. So God's got it. He's got this. He's got it all. And so the key again is availability and obedience. Yeah, because God doesn't give you a roadmap. He didn't give Abraham a roadmap. No, uh-uh. I mean, and so he doesn't. He, it's trust. We just yeah. got to sign. Adrian Rogers said this: "Just sign on the dotted line <laughs> and let him <laughs> give you the rest." And that's true because his plan is perfect and the best thing that could happen in your life. Yeah, and I heard Charles Stanley say, "You know, just obey God and leave the consequences up absolutely. to him." Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Because yeah. he's a perfect God; he's never going to mislead yeah. you. 
I'm thinking about Adrian Rogers. I, I had an opportunity one time to go on a what they call a Christian cruise. Yes. And Adrian Rogers was a minister there. He just written a new book, and we had heard him minister two or three times, three or four times, and heard some great Christian music. and And I was doing a radio show back in those days too, and I had a tape recorder with me. And I thought, wouldn't it be glad that when I take a show with Adrian Rogers? Yeah. So I saw him out in the main area uh, one one evening. We were all kind. Of, I walked up, introduced myself, and I said, "And I said, I know you you've got a lot going on here, but if we could uh, if we could make some time to record a show, I'd love that." And he said, "Perfect. Let's do it right now." So we went over in the corner, and I had a little little tape recorder, and I asked questions, and we had a conversation, and we aired that show right here in this area. What great? a man of God! Who's with the Lord now? He's with the Lord, and uh, and so, but what a what a so he was a great influence in your ministry and in your life. He was, you know, he did. He he retired, and what he was going to do is invest in the pastors. Is what his work was going to be. And of course, the Lord took him on to glory. He pastored Memphis. He pastored Memphis for thirty, I think, thirty two years of Bellevue. Yeah. Well, I went to one of those seminars that he had planned to start doing, and it was a three-day seminar that he would just invest in pastors over his 50 years of ministry. And you talking about, it was tremendous. It was just absolutely tremendous. And he died that following November. And so I felt so honored to be a part of that. And and we had students there, were seminary students, that said, we have learned so much here because it was so practical. Oh, yeah. And I still, from that that was in 2005. I still have that material and still learn from that and still you make decisions based off of that because it was great. It's great to have those kind of mentors. It's great to have yes. those kind of models, you need those prototypes, those, those things. Uh, you know, it's great. It's great to have those. And, it's, and, and yeah. God calls us to be those from time right. to time. Did you know my wife, I said, you know, I'd love to, before this seminar thing, I would love to meet Adrian Rogers. And uh, she didn't say anything else. We went to see one of their living Christmas trees. And my, my birthday is in December the 11th. And we went around that time. And my birthday present, and I didn't know it, she says, hey, I was about to leave. Hey, Dr. Rogers, you're going to get to meet him. Is and that right? got to go meet him and talk with him. What a birthday present. Yeah. And uh, Paul, our little boy, he was just about a year or two years of age. He was crawling around in the cabinets of the office of Dr. Rogers. I said, Dr. Rogers, I'm so sorry. He said, don't worry. Just let him play. And he was just uh, so down to earth, so encouraging. And he said, you got a tremendous wife there. I said, I know. I do. Well, Sherry. And uh, I'll never forget that. I found him to be the same way. Very approachable. I mean, I mm-hmm. was I was honestly a little bit nervous and a little bit intimidated. And yeah. when I walk up to him, I thought, do I there even ask him for a little time? Yeah. And he said, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it now. Yeah. Yeah. So we just went over and, and spent a half hour together sitting in yeah. the corner of the boat and, and recording a radio show. And he and he was and he just poured into my life, but the life of the audience. And, you know, again, being just being used by God, just used of God, used of God. Yeah. Being available. Uh, we we have I want to come back to I've got so much I want to cover. We just got one more segment to go. But I want to come back to music just a little bit. Yeah. And then you mentioned that. um that uh, that for two years you were doing the music and sometime the youth at Washington New Baptist Church and after Doctor Bob Ward decided to go to mission work mm-hmm. there were two years there that Washington Avenue was looking for a pastor right. a minister that it just it just didn't work out right. were you, was God was God dealing with your heart uh, yeah he time? was de- in fact during that time I was for a year that was an interim pastor yeah and yeah he was working he really was working and I was resi- I'm gonna be honest I was resisting. Yeah. Uh, which was not good. Well, let's uh, pick it up right here when we come back, shall we? Okay. 
Uh, we are so glad you're with us, Pastor Mark Giles, my guest, Pastor of Washington Avenue Baptist Church in Cookville, and we'll return for our final segment in just one moment. Happy to have you with us on the, on the chat this afternoon. I'm your host, Dwight Henry, and I'm sure enjoying my visit with my longtime friend, Pastor Mark Gall of the Washington Avenue Baptist Church. So Pastor Bob Ward has uh, gone to the mission field. Mm-hmm. Washington Avenue is looking for a pastor. You know that God has called you to, to that. You're fi- are you filling the pulpit during those two years? A lot, a yeah, lot of I, the, time? The, the one year I was, became interim, they asked me to do the interim work until we found somebody. And so, but again, there God was grooming me, and you know, you know, again, I was having to fight this, you know, introvert type, you know, shyness, and uh, but yeah, and and I was kind of battling. I, I knew that process. You know, the Lord's calling me to preach. Yeah, I knew that, but I was I was kind of running away from it a little bit too. And you're still doing so the music. I was still doing the music, and. Uh, uh, to a certain extent, but not as intense. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. It, and and and, but but uh, after that second year, into the, about halfway that second year, a little more over. I mean, that that's when they come to me and says, "We believe you're the one." You know. And that and before that, I had prayed, "Hey, if if you want me to preach, if you want me to be the pastor, you got to make it happen, Lord." And yeah. He made it happen. There it was. Yeah. I didn't manipulate. I didn't you know manipulate or anything of that nature. It had to be all of God. So here's the church that your parents took you to mm-hmm. when you were a boy. Yep. That you came to Christ when you were 12 years old. Yes. <clears throat> that you preached your first sermon at Eden's <laughs> Revival. Yes. And you led the music for a number of years. This yes. is a church you've been in literally your whole life. All my life. Uh, were, were, were there those in the church? And, I, you know, it's like, were there any of the, I mean, there might not have been, I don't know. But sometimes when you see that, they said, uh, we've known him since he was a little boy. I mean, yeah. is he uh, is he is he supposed to be our pastor? I mean, you know, you know, I think I mean, that's s- a church that knew you. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Good I, mean, and good I, and I, I think uh, I think naturally that would happen. And I'm sure that some did it did happen. Uh, but I had tremendous respect from the people, and I think they knew because I loved them. Yeah, and I was not trying to form a position for myself or whatever. I, I think they knew that God was in this. And that that God was working, uh, and I think that's the reason it was two years to show the people, hey, yeah, this is what God's doing, and I think that that's the reason for it. And but no, it's been it's been great. Yeah, I'm unusual uh, when I have guests. Uh, in fact, we took out some guests last night, and I tell them about my story a little bit, and I said, you know, I'm kind of unusual. I grew up in this church, and so forth. Yeah, but a lot of people say, hey, that's tremendous. We like that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it it is a very unusual thing, but God God did it. I mean, it, I mean, I'm so blessed to be yeah. in my home church. Yeah. And uh, you know, and and all the things that God's allowed me to do, and all the people's lives I've been able to influence, and even be with you here today. I mean, that's all of God. You know, we we talk about it. And I used to Mark. I used to. I've, I've said this a lot. You talk about well, God's got a plan for my life, and He'll show it to me. But I've come to this conclusion. God's plan for my life is going on right now. It's going, right it's going as we sit behind yes. these microphones, yes. as we share this message with their audience, as we yeah. encourage each other. This is part of God's plan. Yeah. Yeah. And so and I, I'm learning as in my advanced years now to not to, to, to be very much in the moment. Right. You know, I, I was for years and I still do. You know, you wake up with a calendar and a list of things you need mm-hmm. to get done that day and mm-hmm. five or six things. And if it was two o'clock in the afternoon and I'd only got two done, two things done of the six I need to get done, yeah. I'd, I'd get antsy about it. And I would miss opportunities to witness or to be encouraged because right. I was too in much too much of a hurry to get my list done right. and realize, hey, this is, uh, you know, 
God's brought something else or something. Not we do have responsibilities. I don't mean disregard those, mm-hmm. but God has brought somebody else into my life today that I need to encourage or that, that I didn't anticipate because right. it's part of it because he's an all-knowing God. He's an all-knowing God. And you know something else about growing up in church? I have learned this as a pastor. If you have somebody in your congregation that feels the calling of God upon their life and really called to ministry and they're in your church and you can use them in the church and feel like they're called into that body, well, they already know the people. The people love them. Yeah. They're called. That can be some of your best staff members. Yeah. It can actually be. You know, I know it doesn't work in every situation, but I found as a pastor, if you have that scenario, it can be a good thing. I want to come back to, Mark, what we were talking about. You you led the music for a number of years there and the importance of music, and it prepares the heart for the Word. Uh, and I've seen this as a hospice chaplain yeah. uh, over the last several years of my life. I can go to someone I learned they have a little bit of a church background. Maybe it's an Alzheimer's or dementia situation, and maybe they don't even know what day it is or mm-hmm. don't recognize their children. But I promise you, I go into if assisted living or someone's home or nursing home and I'll talk to them and I'll say, Hey, I got good news for you. God loves you. Yes. And I'll, and I'll, and, and oftentimes I'll, I'll, I'll say, do you remember this song? And I'll start singing amazing grace. How sweet the sound yes. that saved a wretch like me. And more often than not, their lips will start to move and they're singing along with me. They may not know what day it is where they are or what they had for lunch, but they still know amazing grace. They can do it. And yeah, that's happened with me with patients like that. It's tremendous. Yeah. And you know, you can tell those patients if they know Jesus, even though they're going through that, whatever they're going through. Yeah. Hey, your future's bright. Yeah. Things are going to get better for you. Yeah. It's going to be tremendous because you know Jesus. Yeah. This trial is just a short time compared to eternity. And you're going to be with the Lord. And you're yeah. going to get a new body and you'll never have this sickness again. Just a couple of minutes left. You look back on. Your years at Washington Avenue, your years in music ministry, 22 years now, senior yes. pastor. Wow. What, if, if, it, if it ended today, and it won't, yes. but if, what would you be most thankful for? What would you reflect on? What would, what would be your, well, your big moment? I mean, what do you, as you, as you think about what, the, the way you've invested your life and been a blessing to multiply hundreds of people throughout the years? It would be that. It would just be into people that I had the opportunity to invest in people's life and make a difference for in their lives through Christ. That, that, that's an eternal investment. And so I think it would be, yes, investing in people's lives down through the years has been a tremendous thing. You know what, Dwight? I, there are people who come up to me and say, I want to thank you. I said, why? He said, well, you were there 20 years ago when my husband was, or wife, whatever it may be, had, was having heart surgery, and you were sitting with us the whole time. Well, I had forgot about it. Yeah. But they never forgot. No, they don't. So yeah. that is what really, uh, really motivates me, that I can touch people's lives and make a difference for the glory of God. That, to me, is tremendous. Yeah. Make a difference for now yes. and make a difference for eternity. And for eternity. And God used a 12-year-old, shy, <laughs> backward boy to do it. Wow, who came to the front of the church and prayed as a 12-year-old, yes. preached his first sermon, as yes. a 10-minute a, a sermon, and now yes. 22 years later, yes. a senior pastor, you look back, and we all have to say, ain't God good. Ain't God good. <laughs> Through our weakness, yeah, he, he is made is strong. strong. And his grace is sufficient. His grace will see His through. ability working through Absolutely. us to help us do things we can't do on our own. Absolutely. 
Margot, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you with us the last couple of weeks. God bless you, my friend. You've been a blessing to me personally. Thank you, sir. Happy to have you with us today. Join us next week, same time for the chat, right here on News Talk 94.1 and AM 1600.